Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter, and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. All right. I'm not in there anymore. Okay. I'm I'm not there anymore. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? I apologize for that, Brian. um, You know what happens with those Google invites is they they automatically put the – the Google conference thing in. You what happened, that? Dave? Tell, tell me what I missed. Well, you, you, they think they rule the world. Brian, Brian. Hi, Brian. <laughs> Greg Hemmings. Hi. Greg Hemmings. Brian Greg, Duggan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Brian. Uh, but, but it sounds like I missed some uh, some challenges. No, some, no some he, drama. he's in the Google uh, Hangout place or whatever. You know how ah, we, you know, you create a calendar invite? Yep. And, I, and Kim obviously created it. And what happened was if you don't, as soon as you add a participant, they they just opt, they 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 actually create this conference for you. So you actually have to opt out of it before you. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt. It's the way you set the invitations up because now I've got it on my Gmail calendar that I actually have to be explicit by saying this is a video conference, then Google Hangouts pop up. But previous to that, and Kim's probably on the old old model yeah. it forced it was always there you couldn't yeah. get rid of it yeah yeah well you can get rid of it but you have yeah. to you have to it's another step so yeah. anyways um are we uh we're good we're, I, I think this should be part of the podcast because <laughs> yeah. this is relevant to most entrepreneurs yeah this <laughs> is this is what cultural intelligence is all about being able to adapt to what the heck is going on yeah <laughs> amen amen well i think this this is a great way so to start are, like are what, we are we we're uh, recording man are we recording it's okay. good and uh, yeah we've been recording since uh, since i left the room <laughs> so Dave, oh, I, I, I literally left the room for uh, appropriate reasons and I came back and you started the podcast without me, which is awesome. Why don't you introduce who we're well, talking first, to Well, first I'll today. welcome you back. Thank you so from much. From your bio break, or whatever bio- you're doing, whatever you were doing. <laughs> I've been drinking lots of tea today. <laughs> um, and well, let me ask you a question. Um, what do you know about unconscious bias? Well, I know, you know what's interesting? I'm glad you say that, Dave, because- now that I recognize what it is, so, I, 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 I'll, I'll get okay, there. Okay, it's, okay. Um, it's making, it's these innate, almost DNA level assumptions that we make of people upon first meeting. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking only a number of years ago that I realized that I was a person of privilege uh, because I'm Canadian, because I'm a white male. Uh, because I was born into a loving family, because I've got a business with a supportive company, you know, a community. There's all these elements of privilege that I really had nothing to do with, right? So um, growing up in privilege, um, where you're not seeing uh, the, the realities and the life of the underprivileged as much as 
you would if you yourself were, were underprivileged. You miss a lot of things. And you make a lot of assumptions. So for me, unconscious bias is directly connected to privilege. Uh, for me, for me personally, you know, and uh, I'm really excited to check my privilege, uh, hopefully use my privilege for the greater good, uh, and use this concept of understanding unconscious bias to make me a more humble and empathetic person. So is that a good start? I think so, yeah. Well, and, and the reason I ask is that I got an email from a colleague, uh, Brian Duggan, who's on the line with us. I'm going to invite him in in, in two seconds to introduce himself. Um, and it was, uh, it, was, it was for a workshop on uncovering unconscious bias. And I thought, I want to learn a little more. I want to understand this. Like, maybe we can unpack this a bit. Because you and I had a, a, um, a podcast not so long ago where we talked, you know, the conversation about privilege came up. And, and, um, and it was, um, it was, it was the, the company out in BC that sell, I forget, I'm escaping my... Was it Cove Advisors, perhaps? No, no, no. no. It sells, um, like... Um, Underwear, oh, lo- that sort of lunar thing. pods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm just it completely escaped. But but the concept of privilege came up, and I just thought, um, and it was really, you know, the the the, the Suzanne Suzanne spoke very um, well, and and really kind of highlighted some of the challenges around around this, and it's you know kind of a, you know started the, the unconscious bias conversations just started to emerge. I felt in that conversation. So when I saw Brian's email, I thought. Let's get him on. Let's talk. You know, and and he and Brian's got an interesting background story. So, Brian, how are you, sir? Hello, Th- I'm doing wonderfully well. You you follow really every, good. you follow every one of our our interviews, so you know us so well. So you'll know that. And I don't know if he does or not. No, he does. See, his, his, okay. his favorite episode is episode. 36. My 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 bias is that he would. My unconscious bias. Why well, don't you ask everything. him what his favorite episode is, Dave? <laughs> Throw him under the bus. I won't do that. He'll say he'll say this episode, this one right now. Um, um, but you know what we do is we we ask our guests to introduce themselves, and we you know every every time we say because we'll 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 kill them you know otherwise the the, the introduction. So we'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, Brian Duggan and um, and yeah and we'd like to talk we'd love to dig in to this conversation and, and maybe understand you know how is it that you you've started to deliver workshops and, and your interest in the topic of uh, uncovering unconscious bias. Thanks, great to be here and um, I'm enjoying the energy already. So I just hopefully I can an old guy can keep up with these two young fellas. So it would be all good. So <laughs> oh, there's my bias showing up already. <laughs> You're the same <laughs> age. We're the same age, aren't we, Brian? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out here in a couple seconds. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so uh, yeah. So just so this is a very important topic in my mind, and it, it's very curious to me how as soon as we start to mention unconscious bias that folks say, oh, their interest is peaked and they say, oh yes, we do have to talk about this. This is a big this is a big deal in in our work. And and so I put it in the context of working with people as an executive coach. And um with the whole idea of what is what is coaching and and I'm gonna speak to that to it from that perspective in um in a minute. But let me introduce myself and use this introduction somewhat like, like Greg did to um, understand what I what I have come to, to call after research, and it's not my idea, but borrow this idea of the intersection of culture and, and background. So 
this is a, a, a simple introduction for me that's relevant to our conversation. So I'm the eldest of 11 children. Everybody says, wow, after that. Um, exactly, I uh, grew, exactly up in Halifax, Nova, <laughs> grew up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I'm a, I'm a North American. I'm a white male. I was born in 1956. Uh, I'm a, I have a Roman Catholic background, and I've actually had service and, and formation and service as a Roman Catholic priest. Um, I'm now married. I'm a step-parent, a grandparent, a brother, a son, and, and a colleague to people. So when I think about unconscious bias or my cultural background, these pieces of who I am that, that make up consciously from a privileged perspective lenses that I that I see my world through and my and others through so owning that identity is super important because it forms how I see the world and I can also say that because of who I am and how I've developed that I do have these values of service respect curiosity and I can also say that those values are are delivered or, or lived through the lenses of my background. So we bring all of this to, to, the, to our worldview, and, um, and I think it's super important for us as, as coaches, executive coaches working with people in leadership roles, uh, emerging leaders, other coaches, to understand ourselves and to own our background and own our identity. Because there's really two sides to this. One of, the, one of them is that self-awareness is really positive. I mean, it's it's super, super important to know our strengths and our limitations and how we see the world. But it's also very relevant that if we're stuck in our own worldview, that we have limiting beliefs, that um, we, can, we can miss a lot. We may not be able to do what coaches are expected to do is in, creating that relationship of trust and discovery so the client can generate their own action in their world. So, so this is why this is important. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, no, yeah, well, massively yeah. important. And I would think, I would think, you know, if I, you know, and so I can relate to it as a coach myself, um, you know, and Greg, I'm guessing, you know, as a storyteller, you know, that would be, it's important to understand what your biases would be and, and how that may impact the story you're trying to tell on behalf of, your client, whoever that client may be, would that be fair? Oh my gosh, yeah. No, and, and this this topic is relevant to every single person who is working in business or is walking the streets, not in business, or who's an employee or a friend or any like this is this is critical. It's mind blowing mm -hmm. stuff. So, anyway, yeah, continue. So how do so, we how so, do, how do we? We're probably going here, so I don't want to cut you off, which I just did. Okay. Um, Come on, Dave, give the guy a I, chance. I just cut him off, but. <laughs> How did, how did um, I guess, what's the importance of, for you, uh, and before we get into, you know, how we uncover these biases and that sort of thing, but why, why is it important for you to be sharing this message and story with, you know, um, leaders, I guess, is, and, and coaches and, and, and people who are, who are out there, you know, making change in the world? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So, so I think, you know, I, I think it's super important for us to recognize that, you know, from a leadership perspective, and this is, you know, take this to a fairly high level. First of all, I mean, we live in a global economy. And we, we the more we can understand how people and different cultures live and work and operate, 
the better that is. And also the global economy and the global marketplace and, and the multicultural environment has now come to us with the immigration agendas and the, and the fact that there are so many talented people. There's such a talented pool of, of people with um, backgrounds which are very different than ours that that developing the intelligence or what we call the cultural intelligence which is which is not unlike conversational intelligence or emotional intelligence or executive intelligence but it's cultural intelligence the capacity to relate to and adapt to culturally diverse situations is so important so this, you know, and what I mean by capacity is that's active knowledge, working in the moment and adapting is being able to shift their worldview and to understand that starting now and, and not, I mean, we're behind this curve, but starting in now into our future that, that our world is in of leadership is much, is a world that's much more diverse than what it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, even in you know in, in our in our environment, so I think leaders, um, the more they can become open to and curious about cultures and about um, about backgrounds and about realizing that not everybody is the same, uh, the more fully we're going to be able to understand uh, people and to lead to make world-changing events occur in a, in, in, in the future. The three of us can certainly agree um, on the value of, of uncovering our biases, right? So we, so that's, mm-hmm. so the, so the why is important is really, I think pretty obvious to the three of us. Hopefully listeners feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So the next part for me is like, so how do we go uh, on this journey of uncovering what our biases are? Um, you know, so for example, I've been listening to Greg, some of your, your travels up North. Mm-hmm. And some of the the eye opening experiences you've had, yeah. and so the irony for me is that I'm listening to you, and I'm talking to my father about it. Now my father was did a lot of his career was built on on supporting land claims, and so we would have gone to the Berger Inquiry up north, and so I just grew up in you know with this knowledge uh, and awareness, and because I went to school with kids that that parents went to residential schools as an example, and. And mm-hmm. and I was a little surprised at how 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 like um, mind bending this was for you because I was like I I thought everyone knew this mm. like it it never, only if you li- live at a certain point of the country and and, and north <laughs> yeah maybe no but maybe that is but but, 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 but but I'm just I'm just using that as an yeah, one example yeah, exactly. but then but then but then let's shift this story you know so here's another thing I was walking around St John New Brunswick for a number of years. And you would have had an awareness of the the massive poverty that's here that I had no knowledge of. Right. You know what I mean? So so it was I was completely blind to it. Like so, you know. And when I became, it was it just. I mean, it, it was a number of years I've been here. I went really. Like I had no no. So it's just weird the 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 biases we hold. But I was also kind of interacting with a, a you know a really great people, but of a certain segment of the population. And you know, so so my point is like you know I guess this is happening all the time, right? And it's sometimes surprising what what we don't know. And um, but I wonder how do we how does this make sense where I'm where I'm going with this, Brian? And just in terms of mm-hmm. some of the biases mm-hmm. we we hold and yeah yeah. yeah. So, so how do we uncover these? How, uh, what, what's yeah, the process? Yeah. So uh, I mean, I think that's that's a significant question. And, and I mean, what, uh, you know, there's there's um, a couple of approaches. I mean, and I think it's first of all is to reflect on our experience and to and to reflect on what we're seeing. 
And also, you know, to ask, okay, what are we not seeing? Um, and, you know, Halifax and St. John are port cities. I can walk around Halifax and certain parts of Halifax and feel like it's very affluent and go three blocks and know it's not that affluent. And there's a lot of poverty and a lot of, a lot of challenges. Even in the same school that I went to, you know, I mean, I grew up in the West End of Halifax, which is residential and, you know, professional settings. But I can, I know now that, um, some of the people that I was in school with in the same grade, we were doing sitting in the same classroom and I had three meals a day prepared for me and the person sitting next to me did not have three meals a day prepared for them. They were looking after themselves as a, as a, as a young person. So I think the, how we do this is to, re, is to be open to the fact that my experience is my experience and, and to wonder about other experiences Come to realize that that um, not everybody is the same, even though we could be sitting in the exact same classroom, and that those things impact us. So I think it's about being engaged in our community. It's about being engaged with people. It's about being curious and respectfully um, uh, sharing experiences and and what it has been like to um, grow up and to be in different places because. We don't really know what what has gone on, and we don't know what those things are that has impacted us. So, I think one of the things one of the things that we can do is just be open to the experience. Um, the other thing is don't make the assumption um, that uh, everybody is is like us. So, part of this is one of the things that I that is really interesting for me is that um, you know good people have have um, have biases that we would think might not be so bad, might, might might be, sorry, might be, you know, kind of surprising to us. So one of the things that I, I really encourage people to do is to um, do a little, some little exercises. And, and there's a, uh, uh, this project that's been going on for over 20 years I call Project Implicit, which is very uh, easy to find online. And, um, it's a it's an assessment, and it helps us to understand that 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 you know, our unconscious biases, those things that we we pause in making a decision, and some of the research has said that even really good people, for instance, consistently uh, say that uh, that females should have careers in the arts and males should have careers in the sciences consistently uh, and we wouldn't think that we wouldn't want to say that out loud to anybody but those are the biases those are the kinds of things that show up in these assessments so accepting ourselves as, as um, having this this uh, where that we're not totally aware of even the things of what's behind even the things we profess is super important um, and then when when we hear when we see this um, own what we see, um, make a commitment to change, be patient with ourselves in the changes, um, uh, ask for forgiveness, which I do a lot of, <laughs> because because it's it can be very challenging. Yeah, that's a, yeah. It's really interesting. The um, the forgiveness part is really interesting as well. Like. Uh, 
uh, when Dave was talking, you were what was coming into my mind was just the true definition of ignorance. You know, like some people are just not taught or don't have that lived experience. Like, um, Dave, you didn't live here, so you didn't know about the poverty. Uh, I didn't have a northern exposure. Um, so sure, the information was out there, but so was a lot of other information that I was never <laughs> exposed to. You know, so that's ignorant. That's ignorance. The true definition of ignorance. Um, but I think ignorance can um, have a negative effect on our uh, unconscious biases when we learn parts of new the new part the new information. <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll give you an interesting example. I was just in Greenland a few months ago. I've toured quite extensively to Inuit villages in in Canada, and what I saw in Greenland and it, it's it's Inuit people. It's the same, you know, the, the, the same. Uh, people that you know the, the, there's families on yep. both sides it's just Backgrounds, that the yeah. experience being a greenlandic is uh from my perception is a much easier life uh a much uh more privileged uh life where things are like there's really nice architecture there there's fashion there's you know, like I, I don't see poverty all over the place in uh, Nook, Greenland. It's really cool. Reminds me of Reykjavik, you know, a really cool little town, you know. And I talked to a few of the um, the the Inuit there, and they were like, yeah, our brothers and sisters over in Canada's north, uh, you know, it's appalling how they're living up there, and we're, we've got all of this, you know. It's just, they were saying we're the same people, but we're so not, right? And, um, and. So I walked out of that experience only being in Nook for, I don't know, five days, but not going to anywhere else. And I've been telling the world, yeah, it's amazing to see what, how Denmark has treated uh, Greenland's Inuit and, uh, you know, how it, it, everything's so good. But that's, that's a very mm-hmm. ignorant thing for me to say because I've only got a small slice of the information, you know. Yeah. Um, so I wonder where the, how that could yeah. develop right? on my next trip, for example, yeah. if I saw... The opposite in another community um, where right. is my unconscious bias saying, well, what's wrong with these people instead? I don't know. Like, where, where can I take my brain on that one? <laughs> would, would you yeah. Think? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, I think this could be a really good example. And I, and I, I I'm going to, you know, plead ignorance on really all of what I'm going to say here, but I think historical experience is so relevant. Mm. So the folks in Greenland could possibly have had a totally different power relationship historically with the, with um, the folks of power in that country, whereas we know the folks in the, in the northern Canada had a, had an oppressive power relationship. That's part of our history. That's something that hope you know that none of us need to be proud of. But now that we know it, we need to acknowledge it. And integrate it into our thinking, as as about as as why there's those differences there. Um, and if we if we don't know it, then once we do know it, then we have I believe, truly believe, that we've had an we have an obligation to think about this differently, and not just from a, a white male power perspective. So you see that gets into when we become aware of our biases and we've taken it from, yes, okay, we do have some biases to figuring them out just because of we're, we're conscious and aware of things. So now what do we do with them? Uh, now what, what do we do with this information? And I think that what's most important is that we, we transform that into new learning, new insight, so that we can 
we can live differently in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, those are, that's a powerful, powerful example of the, you two talking about a different experience in the North and what that, what that has, uh, how that has formed your mind, your minds. Brian, I think your, your idea of, of being open, right. Which means, mm-hmm. you know, it means probably listening in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and trying, you know, trying to understand, you know, gives us new perspectives. Right. And, yeah. and I, th- and it, so, so I, I don't know if being ignorant is okay in my, in my situation about, you know, I talk about the poverty around me because I wasn't seeing, I wasn't like, I, mm. it wasn't that I wasn't, I was ignoring it. I just wasn't noticing it, but it was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so to me, it's even worse in my case. Cause that I had mm-hmm. just, I hadn't given my, I hadn't. I should have, you know, like to, I think what you're trying to say, Brian, is we got to stop and, and consider what we're seeing and, you know, try to, try to understand what's happening around us. And I just think it's so important right now because there's so much, you know, like there's just so much going on right now. And, and I feel like people are, you know, I shouldn't say building walls because that's such a. They, they're trying. They, they're trying. <laughs> but, you know, but there's, there's, but there's it's so. It's a big controversy, we know. There's so, but so, but when, when people are, I guess here's where I'm, maybe I'm going with this idea. When people are presented with some of this information, um, a p- person like Greg Hemmings would go, oh my goodness, I had no knowledge. You know, I need mm. to understand better. And, you know, I feel, you know, I feel, you know, I feel terrible that I didn't know about this or how, that's how I felt at the apartment. Mm-hmm. Other people, I, I hear other camps going, well, that's not our problem. Or, uh, or, or, or to jump onto that, other people saying, no, no, I already, I already know their lived experience. Somebody already told me. And so you're painting everybody with one cloth, like, uh, or one, one swath of paint. Like, for example, you might be told, oh, yes, all, all, uh, all people of that particular community are, uh, you know, heavily susceptible to suicide and uh, substance abuse. Okay, and you go. And if that's the only information you have and you go visit a place, you might have an unconscious uh, bias, assuming that that is a struggle and a challenge for everybody in that community, which Mm -hmm. is totally not true. So uh, the more we educate ourselves, I guess, but it's a decision like that other person you just mentioned. It's a decision to find more information or be open to the fact that we only know a sliver. What what cause? Maybe here's where I'm going with this. What causes not to be open? I wonder, Brian, do you have any thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, well, I think we, I think we, we, um, we, you know, we put blinders on, or we, we, um, I, I, I think what caused us not to be open, you know, it, it, it's almost like we feel. Sometimes I think at the best of times we feel completely powerless to be able to do anything with it, and I think that's one of the one of the ways. At other times, I think. And this is not one I'm advocating. Is that we 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 just judge that that's that 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 the stereotypical judgment of well that's their problem. I didn't do anything about this. I didn't make this that make them live that way. That was their choice, which once again takes us back to this very limiting view of how much power people actually have in to make choices and what this systems and sometimes it's the systems of oppression that is um that is over the over them uh that they can't make the choices that they have which is experience that i mean i have never lived with that kind of experience so i have no idea what that would be like and i wouldn't want to claim to have any idea what that would be like 
but I would want to find out uh, or at least be open, be present. If the folks want to tell their story to me, to be able to hear that story in a non-judgmental way. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure that I answered your question, Dave. No, no, because I, I, because it's, it's, it's. I think I'm not going to be so bold to say it's not in my worldview because I have said that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. But in this kind of situation, where what I'm thinking as I'm thinking here, it's, um, it's our, it's the community's problem. It's, it's our, it's the country's problem, and and just to go back to. You know, what are we, are we, is our worldview one that's kind of open vistas or is it narrow, walled in spaces? Sorry again, I did that again. But, no, we appreciate you know, it. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? And, and, and if it's, and, you know, if, if the horizon is great, then the possibilities are great. And, and it takes, I'll go back to that word forgiveness, and I think a lot of humility to realize that um, that we are limited and that if we keep working towards breaking down these limitations, then uh, we, we will be able to work with people in a better way and uh, hopefully connect with folks. In a, in a, and I'm talking from a coaching perspective, of course, but from a coaching perspective to, to be present so that we can be a, a, an aid to them to help them find their way into something different as well. It's a, it's a it's a it's a challenge that has many 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 facets. Yes, clearly. No, it's yes, and yeah. we, and and we're not going to unfortunately kind of uncover all of it and figure it all out in this interview as much as we'd like to. We're just coming towards the end here, but I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, you know, like I'm connecting this conversation to a, a, an interview Greg and I did a week back or a couple of weeks back um, with with a woman who's written extensively on uh, the creative economy. And, you know, I just think of the value of this, the work that Brian's doing on this particular space around and, 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 you know, how that could connect to creating stronger creative, you know, economies, right? Which is this massively kind of like a $3 trillion globally. Um, and I just wonder how much, you know, because I, I think one of the things she describes is just being open to um, experience, yeah, diversity, diversity yeah. you know, all these sorts of things and how important that is in this global economy. So I just, it, it's just so interesting how the, you know, kind of the, like almost we could have a, we could get a whole bunch of people on talking um, mm. a, in different ways around some of the, some of the things that, you know, create challenges for, for us, um, for our, our local economies too, right? Around immigration mm-hmm. and creating these creative economies and all sorts of things. So, um, so Brian, how do people learn more about you if they want to reach out to you, um, you know, to, and, and, you know, in your workshops and your coaching yeah. practice, all sure. that kind of stuff? I know one way they can yeah, learn sure. about you as a coach, but let's, let's hear other ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yeah. So uh, I'm obviously online and, and I'm, I, I'm, uh, I've got a presence on LinkedIn, um, just as, as simply as Brian Duggan and then uh, BrianDuggancoach.com um, is my, uh, my website. I will be doing another um, uh, public workshop in, in Halifax coming up in the spring and I, I've also started to do some workshops on uh, with on unconscious biasing teams, work teams, oh, and that's been really very interesting in terms of the uh, of the um, not for profit and, and the helping sector with uh, with marginalized people. Um, it's been very very interesting. Um, so you know those are all possibilities, and 
Yeah, so I've got an online presence, and that's probably the best way to get me is brianduggancoach.com. So, awesome. Yeah. Man. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks so much, thank Brian. Thank you, too. I appreciate being able to do this. So we'll let you go when you just share your favorite podcast we've done. With my favorite <laughs> podcast? Yeah. He's, he's thrown under the bus, Brian. <laughs> I, I'm, thrown, I'm thrown under the bus, and, and I recognize the importance of marketing. <laughs> the favorite pod, my favorite podcast is actually one on, uh, from CBC on uh, white fragility. Oh, interesting! And it's, and it's given by Robin D'Angelo. Nice. And we'll check that very, out. It's very powerful, and I would recommend um, that Boiling Point podcasts go down that avenue. I love it. It's, but, I'm taking notes I don't know how right I now. pulled that off, but I'm good. I'm well done. Well done. I was, <laughs> okay. I was, I was actually trying to throw a different wrench in there, but you, you, you just navigated that so you beautifully. Nailed yes, nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, uh, uh, thanks so much. Always Take a care. pleasure. See you, Brian. Okay, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Great to meet you, Greg. Thanks you too, Brian. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye. There he goes. The three beep uh, goodbye. Yeah, that was great, man. Like, uh, it's such an interesting topic, and uh, you know, I'm fascinated by it. Oh, me too. And and the this, the dialogue around ignorance, like ignorance, sounds like a bad word. It's not. It's just a lack of information. Yeah. But it's it's what pe- what we do as people about our ignorance when we have the opportunity to to learn. I think the lazy way of approaching new cultures, new people, new ideas is just using our limited uh, knowledge about a subject uh, and using that as as the whole, you know, instead of really being open to, to uh, connecting with firsthand sources who have lived experiences from whatever that means to help build out uh, your understanding because you're never fully going to understand the experience of somebody else or some other thing, but you can learn as much as you possibly can. And I think by nature, because there's so much information going around the world in our heads, we filter and we self-select and we, we prioritize where we want to spend our brain space. And I wonder if that's part of it. It's just the, like, why don't, why didn't I know the what was going on in uh, Canada's north or why why doesn't 95% of Canadians know that clearly it's not a priority it should be my gosh should it ever be but it's one of those things like uh, if we're going to expose the injustices happening in our own backyard we need to finally prioritize and be open to learning more and recognizing that we have and I wonder if part of maybe the People, I mean, it's, it, I mean, people are busy. Lives are crazy. You know, like lots going on. I'm not giving an excuse. I'm just, you know, a lot of people are trying to make ends meet. Um, what I what I wonder is is if you're if you know if you truly know, then are you not on the hook to try to, you know, you're totally on the hook. As, as, as soon as you get a new piece of information, I think you've been called to react, right? So. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, but it, it is really interesting. And Dave, I, I, I saw a, a comment from one of our uh, uh, listeners uh, coming through. Um, let me pick it up and find out. <laughs> okay. So this comment came from uh, one of our live listeners, uh, Don Hemmings. Um, uh, and he made a really neat comment here that goes back to our uh, previous guest um, who was talking about the creative economy. And, and Don says, the creative economy invites diversity and diversity triggers our unconscious bias 
which is really fun to think about, right? Like if we are living in a diverse environment, the triggering ha- will happen consistently. It's going to it's gonna happen every, every, uh, every time you meet a new person, have a new discussion, and that's your opportunity to chip away at the unconscious bias, recognize that you, no matter what, you will have it at the beginning, and use that as an opportunity to learn from diverse perspectives. So there we go. I'm glad we have uh, live listeners. This, this is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a an, it's an fascinating, as we said earlier, topic. And, um, um, and it, you know, it's funny to have three, you know, middle-aged and, and maybe a little older white guys talking about but it. But you know what? If we weren't, like, wh- why would we want to judge that negatively? If we weren't talking about it, we would not be leaving this podcast booth right now thinking differently. It's critical that these three old white guys are talking about this. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, no, good point. Yeah. And I, I just, I just, it's. I mean, we, you know, I would. I just think there's the room for more, you know, more people to be, you know, more voices to be heard. But it's, it's. Um, I love what Brian's doing, and and I think I love how he introduced himself, and he said, you know, here's my learned experience, or here's my history, and and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, growing up like as simple as not as simple, but as 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 just. The, the one piece of information, you know, the eldest of 11 children. Well, you know, that gives, that, that helps A you. A Catholic priest. Yeah. How interesting. Now, how many interesting biases would people have, you know, about Brian upon first learning that information? Oh, you were a Catholic priest. Well, clearly you're not married. That that would be a quick unconscious bias. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm married now, like, like you said. So he presented a whole bunch of interesting facts about himself yeah. that if only one of those facts Was were known. given. Yeah a number of unconscious biases would swim around. So I love, this is a really exciting podcast for us to go through. Well, on onward and upward. Thanks again, Brian. Um, I hope people do check it out. Uh, I love that the work that he's doing. I think, um, you know, if you're interested, go, go visit him. Brian Duggan with two G's dot. I think it was CA or dot com. You can try both. And, um, always fun, Greg. All right, Dave. See you next week. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.